I wonder, I'm beginning to feel old, okay? Just so you're aware of this. I'm, I'm going to publicly declare it. I, I turned 40 a couple of years ago. Um, so now, I know, did you hear that? It's just like, oh, oh my goodness. That's because I look so young that you're so surprised, right? But, um, and I, I thought to myself, my, my son's here today, he's 11. And I thought, like, I'm beginning to preach as though, when I talk to young people, as though I'm kind of just talking to him. And the things that I, I wish I'd perhaps will tell him or um, that, that I would tell you uh, that I wish I'd known when I was your age or I wish I'd known on my walk with Jesus earlier. Um, you're jumping into Moses uh, chapter f- or Exodus chapter four, um, where we're going to talk about Moses and the calling that Moses receives and this moment of Moses being sent and this interplay between Moses and God, between him being sent. You, you've kind of walked through this moment of encounter um, last night where uh, God gets Moses' attention. Um, there's a, a poet, uh, her name is Mary Oliver, and uh, she writes this, and, and that is, Attention is the beginning of devotion. It's just a one line in a poem. Attention is the beginning of devotion. And there's something of this burning bush moment where God says to Moses, I want to get your attention. Now, you must understand that, that when you lead a church and you're seeing like millions of people come to faith, then that's like top, top drops, right? Um, but it actually doesn't, in, in so many senses, God isn't concerned about your ability, your ability to top trump me. God is concerned about your availability more and more. We used to sing a song in, in church and it was so simple. It was just this simple refrain. Here I am, wholly available. I won't sing because I can't sing. We can all sing. I know we've just been encouraged to sing out. These are somebody else's words. And it was just, here I am, wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. That was it. Here I am. Here I am. So you stand in church. We go like, here I am. We would sing the same songs frequently, okay? So here I am. You'd sing like, I'm available. As for me, I'll serve the Lord. And that's really what Moses' uh, calling is all about here. And that's what this interplay is all about here. But I want you not to forget what you learned yesterday, that that starts with your attention and with God trying to get your attention. Of all the places you could be right now, you're here. Of all the places you could have been this morning, of all the people that are walking around outside, God is asking for your attention. He's capturing your attention with something. He's brought you here for a reason. I said to Kayla last night, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to, we, we, I, I have to admit, I didn't really realize how far this was from where I live. So last, <laughs> I thought I was speaking, I shouldn't admit this kind of thing. I thought I was speaking at half past 11 because I don't read emails properly. I then realized I'm speaking at both half, I meant to be at half past nine and half past 11. Now that's not a problem unless you live a three hour drive away, okay? So then I was like, it's okay, we'll try. And then I realized that the drives on the M25 and uh, all of this. And so I said to Caleb, like, what do you want to do? Do, do, it's like seven o'clock at night. Do you want to try and go down and get a hotel somewhere near where we're going? Or would you rather get up early in the morning and, and get, get to where we're going? So he said, like, how early are we going to have to get up? I said, well, we're going to have to go up at 5.30 in the morning. So it's either like, it's either go to bed late and get up at a normal time or go to bed early and get up early. So it's like, okay, I, I guess I think the better of those for me is to wake up early, right? So let's get up at half five, Dad, okay? So I'm like, okay, we're going to get the train. We'll get up at half five. We'll do that. Our whole positioning to be here for you today was about our, our, our availability. It was just to say, yes, we're available. Yes, we're available. Are you available at half past five, son? Because we're going to have to wake up at half five. Yes, I'm available, Dad. Yes, I'm available. We've got, we were ready. He was ready to respond to that. And we're learning something about availability. We learned something about availability in our house based on the PlayStation 5, okay? 
I know that's not very spiritual. We'll get to the spiritual stuff in a moment. But some of you will have had the same availability problem that we had, right? So the little man is saving for six months for a PlayStation 5. He has saved his pocket money and his birthday money for six solid months. That's a big effort, okay? I think you can all agree when you're 10 years old, that's a, that's a grand effort, all right? So we are there and we are halfway towards a PS5, okay? That's 250 pounds. We're halfway towards it, right? So of course, okay, we're talking Super Nintendo duck hunt on stuff with the guns. That's what we're talking about here, right? But the problem was, of course, it, it just wasn't available. So there's something in us, right? When you can't get something, you start to get more and more frustrated. So I'm signing up to websites that scan the whole internet and message me when there's availability, when there's something, and we're having to scramble on there and refresh and go, because of availability. It's happening all over the world. Everybody's scrambling for availability on certain things because there's shortages and there's supply chain problems. The, the good news for you is, but the good news for him is I managed to get one. The good news for Christmas, and it was a surprise. That's epic fathering, by the way, just so you're aware. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know I'm saying it about myself, but just so we're aware. Um, but but we, we had absolutely no control over what was going on. We had no control over that availability. We had no option other than to just sit and wait until they became available. The good news for you is that you, you, you've got the opportunity each and every time to say yes to God when he calls you when he asks you whether you're available. It won't be based on your ability. It will be based on your availability and your obedience. And that's what we notice in Moses. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me, the Lord, and say that the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said to him, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and it ran from it. Just think about that. Okay, you're talking to the Lord, you're holding a shepherd's crook and staff, you throw it on the ground and it becomes a snake and then you run away from it. Okay, sometimes we run over these things in scripture and don't quite take in what's just happened. Just want you to imagine you're in your quiet time, you're talking to the Lord and he says, what's in your hand? And you say a phone and he says, throw it to the ground, you throw it to the ground and it turns into a snake. That's what's just happened here. So on no doubt, Moses has run away from it. And then the Lord says to him, reach out your hand. Take it to, by the tail. Now, I hate snakes. So this is just bold. I wouldn't do it. So Moses reached out, took hold of the snake, and it turns back into a staff in his hand. Then the Lord said, it's that they may believe that the Lord, the God of, the father, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then he said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. When he took his hand out, the skin was leprous. Again, just imagine your hand in your pocket you pull it out, seriously dangerous skin disease. What are you thinking in that moment? Oh no, yes, it's like, oh no, <laughs> right? Oh no, looking at your hand, oh no. It took it out, skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Now put it back in your cloak, he said. Moses puts his hand back in his cloak. When he takes it out, it's restored just like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said to him, if they don't believe you or pay attention to the first them, I'm not gonna know what to say. Was it not me that gave you your mouth? Did I not put your tongue inside your mouth? Go, go. Are you available? Each and every turn in this, in this sending out of Moses, God's just saying, are you available? Are you available? Are you available? Each and every turn when Moses keeps coming to him, uh, God is just saying, I, I really am not bothered about your ability. I'm really not concerned about your ability. I'm simply concerned about your availability. And if you want, I'll even help you to do something. To, to go with something that's in your hand. 
Why was it so important that he asked him to throw down the staff? Because you know from the conversation before that, that Moses had been in Midian. Moses had murdered somebody. Um, there's an interesting point right there about ability versus availability. I wonder how many of you, if you were selecting someone to go out and do, be one of the most significant leaders in the Old Testament, would turn up at the prison gates and wait for one of the offenders to come out for the day. So you know what? I just think God might just be asking you if you're available. I doubt you would. We don't think like that. We already write that people off. We already write that person off. So no, there's no way. There's no way. We might not say it out loud, but in our minds we're thinking, no, there's no way. Yet he goes off to Midian and he, and he goes and serves and, and, and he's, he's serving another household and he's working in the sheep. We are told that during that long period, the king of Egypt died, the Israelite groaned for their slavery and cried out. They cried out to God to help them for that long time. Then Moses was tending the flock. Moses is out there for that long time being shaped. How long do you reckon that long time was? I don't know if Liz told you yesterday how long Moses was in Midian. Do you know how long Moses was in Midian? Spot quiz, does anybody know? Yes, 40 years. He's there for 40 years. I'm 41 years old. If I was born to Moses at one year old, that at, in his first year in Midian, when he leaves Midian, I'm 41. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I said I'm an old man, you went, yeah, yeah, you are quite old, mate. Yeah, yeah fair play, he is old, isn't he? Yeah. That's, that's how long. He's been in my entire life. He has spent my entire life serving sheep, serving somebody else's vision, serving somebody else's household, just quietly honing the craft of looking after sheep, which is a dangerous craft because they're wild animals that come for them, because there are problems that are constantly happening, because there are challenges that he's constantly facing. But he's quietly honing his craft for 40 years. I just want to ask you if God called you to something today, whether you'd be prepared to wait 40 years. Ash, just as a question, that will make me 81 years old. Steve, I've got one job for you. It's going to climax when you're 81 years old. I just want you to wait. I just want you to be available. Will you be available? Yeah. For 40 years? Oh, I don't know. That's what we, we were at an event. We were serving some young people. This was about 10 years ago, I guess now. And, um, and the, the, at this event, the church had offered me a job. And I, I, or then they were trying to offer me a job. I said, no, I'm not really interested in a job. I'm not really looking for a job at the moment. Quite happy with the job I've got. It's not a problem. We, we, my wife is much more spiritual than me. She says, Steve, you should at least pray about these things. You should at least ask if God wants you to be available is what she's saying. So I said, okay, no problem. You can pray. Because that's how I see it. I was like, okay, you can pray. No problem. I, I think I'm confident he doesn't want me to do it. So we prayed that evening. She prays, God, if, if, if you want us to do this, if you want us to move, would you could give Steve a dream? That night, my wife has a dream. She has a dream. She has a dream that a young person in the, in the group says to her, when Steve wakes up, you're to tell him he's to go and work with Benga. When Steve wakes up, you're to tell him he's to go and work with Benga. It's very specific. She wakes up in the morning. She says, I had this dream. This girl called Kirsten, she came to me in the middle of the dream. She said, when Steve wakes up, you're to tell him he's to go and work with Benga. I said, okay, well, I haven't got a clue who Benga is. And I don't really know. Who, like, I don't know what's going on. So we go down for breakfast and I speak to my friend who works for the church. I said, Bada had this dream last night. She dreamt that bad girl over there. She said, I'm meant to go and work with Benga. What's going on? He says, don't say that. I said, what do you mean don't say that? Just eating breakfast. What's wrong with you? He says, nobody knows, but Benga's going to work for the church next year. Says, how do you know that? 
I said, I don't know that. Diana had a dream. That girl over there told me that I must go and work with Benga next year. It's not my fault, no one knows. So we're like, he's laughing. He says, listen, you can't say anything, but that girl, Kirsten, is the only young person in the church that's been chosen to be on the interview panel for the next youth worker. And that guy over there is called Benga. He's giving up his job in a little while to become the student youth worker. How do you know this stuff? I said, no, we don't know. It's just God revealed it to, to my wife in, in, a, in a dream. So, I, so, so it was God, wasn't it? God was trying to make us available. So I said, well, I think we better change our answer. I think we better make sure that we are available. The next time we, we had a dream was to call us to go out to South Africa. And, and God had spoken to us so clearly about what we were to do. And, and again, we, we had this, this dream about going to South Africa. And then God gave us an, another dream about coming back. And what I'm trying to say is in each of these sendings, it had absolutely nothing. We, we, we went from one church to another church. We then went to South Africa. We then came back from South Africa. We're now on the verge of, of Liz has kind of let the cat out of the bag. We haven't really told anyone we're planting a church yet. It's meant to be next Sunday we announce it, okay? I don't know where this, but so again, this is, no, but I don't mind at all. But we, we're there, we, we, we're, doing, we're having a whole prayer week this week of, of just waiting on God with a vision to plant in a church um, next week. My, my son and I were walking on the beach and um, a lady came up to us, our church had just closed, and she said to us, um, what, what, what are you guys going to do for church? We were like, oh, we're not really sure, you know, the church has shut down, it's been, been a difficult period, we're not at church. No, not really. Have we been faithful over the last 20 years? Yes. It's a yes and a no. And, and, and there's a number of things that I, I want you to know about this yes and a no in, in being sent and being called that I'd love to, to share with you. We're available. We're available. Our bank account has always been available. Our time has always been available. Our, our, our living room table is available. Our, our spaces, our, our, our house, everything we have must be stewarded towards God. You make everything available to God and you just ask him to use whatever you've got. Don't worry about your ability. Just worry about your availability and make everything available to him. The key to that, what I wish I'd known, what I wish I'd known is that it, it really is in this flow of attention. God gets your attention in these moments of encounter. God wants your attention today. He, these conference moments, these times of withdrawing away, these times of silence, these times of, of stepping out are times when God wants to get your attention. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're here as a leader, whether you're here as a parent, whether you're here as a young person. God wants your attention. He wants your attention because he wants your devotion. Primarily, God wants, wanted my devotion. He didn't need my ability. I don't have much ability. You've got to understand me. That's not a false humility. It's just a, a radical understanding that I don't really have that much ability. I didn't have top grades. I didn't have a, 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 a stellar career that I was, I was leaving or going to. I, I, I was just normal, just average at most things. I'm averagely good at most things. That's not very impressive, is it? I don't know anyone says that in an interview. What do you really got? I'm kind of average at most stuff. And there's certain things that I know I, I'm okay at. But what I know how to do in terms of God is, is to make myself available in those moments when he's trying to get my attention to get my devotion. You live in a time and in an age where, where your attention is being fought for because it's being paid for. Your attention is being fought for because it's paid for. Every advert that's getting pushed towards you is, is, is seeking your attention. Every cookie that's tracking you as you move around the internet, 
is all about trying to monetize your attention. They're trying to get you to stay longer, to linger longer, to give the attention to, to the next game, to give your attention to the next um, video, to jump from the next one to the next one to the next one. They've even shortened all the videos so we can just scan them and skip them. Scan them and skip them. Why? Because they want your attention. Why? Because your attention is worth money. Not just because they want to entertain you. They want to entertain you because someone's making money out of your attention. Someone's making money out of your time, your attention. Why? Because your attention leads to devotion. And when that's taken in, in, in these ways, it actually leads to addiction. When we put it into some of those other spaces where it doesn't need to go, it actually just leads to addiction and it doesn't lead to devotion. Does that mean all of that stuff's bad? No. Does it mean I want to pull it all out of your life? No. It means I don't want it to be at the center of your life. I don't want it to be the first and primary thing. That's one thing I'd wish I'd known. Be careful, Steve, where you place your attention prayer that's just burst out in the states in a university called Asbury do you know one of the reasons why I think God's broken out on a university is because they got time they got time they were going to chapel three times a week they were forced to go essentially it was part of their program right they were open with that it's part of the program but do you know what university students have more than most of us time time you you're probably never going to have as much time as you have now I know that sounds very bleak because you feel very busy but you're probably never going to have as much time as you have now. Orientate your time, orientate your attention towards God and make yourself available. Don't be worried if it's slow. Not everything that's fast is good. I'm 41 now. I've been offered to lead a church maybe three times prior to this. There are three clear occasions where I could have offered to lead church. And I've said no each and every time. God was waiting and holding me back and holding until I'd been formed, until we were ready. I'm still not sure we're ready. I'm still not sure we're ready. But, he, but don't be frightened of the slow. Don't be frightened if he forms you for 40 years. Eugene Peterson wrote the Message Bible. Um, he, it's one of the most famous translations. It will be one of the most regularly used translations, I'm sure. You would have all heard of the Message Bible. He started to put it together after he'd finished 29 years of pastoring a church. He'd effectively retired, and then he does the most important work of his life. Never led a church of more than 300 people. Never. Just patiently walked a pastoral journey with people over 29 years. And before that, studied scriptures, learned until God wanted to use it. So don't be scared if it's slow. Don't be worried if you're hidden. Everybody wants to be seen. There's a danger in being seen. There's a danger in being seen. My concern for Asprey right now is that everybody sees it so quickly now because of social media. I said to my wife, that's beautiful what is going on there. We want to treasure what's going on there, but we almost want to hide it. Because we, want just, we just want it to be formed. We don't need the media to pick it up yet. We don't need it to be on TV. Not everything needs to be seen. You don't need to be seen. You don't need to be viral. You don't need to be known in, in those places of social media. It's okay to be hidden. It's okay. You know, I had the privilege of speaking to 6,000 people once and, and God did a beautiful miracle for us and our family. It was a beautiful miracle. I woke up the next day thinking that I'd top trumped. I've top trumped. This is it. God's moved. But at top trump, it, I, didn't, I didn't actually feel any diff different. In a weird way, my life was maybe more complex and more difficult. Don't be worried if it's slow. Don't rush your formation. The only time that God gets annoyed with Moses is the next verse. 
Moses says, pardon your servant. It's just based on our availability. We've said yes more often than no to God. I'm more scared of saying no to God than I am of saying yes. That's what you learn from the story of Moses. There's a greater risk in saying no. He's spared death in the next few verses. It's more dangerous to be outside the will of God than it is to be in the will of God. That's what we've learned. My question simply for you to close on is this. Are you available? No matter how old you are, 10, 11, 15, 44, 50, doesn't matter. Are you available? Are you available to be sent? Are you happy to be used? Will you allow him to steward your whole life towards the kingdom of God? Here I am, wholly available. As for me, I'll serve the Lord. We would frequently say, as for me and our house, we're going to serve the poor. When we went to South Africa, we were just telling people we're available. We're nothing special. It was a lovely introduction from Liz, but it's nothing special. We're nothing special. But we're available. And that's special. Because not many people are available. You know, as a sign of surrender, when Moses goes to the people, he has to take Aaron with him because God won't force you where you don't say yes to go. He says, you want to take your brother? Take your brother. It wouldn't be my plan A, but take your brother. He's not going to force you where you don't want to go. That wasn't his plan A for the situation, but the, the response of the people is they bowed down and they worshipped. I know we, we, we got seven minutes. <laughs> But I wonder whether if you feel you want to say yes, that you're available to God, I wonder whether you just, just bow and worship. That kind of looks weird, I know. That's maybe you posturing on your knees. It's maybe you lying flat. Pause as you do it. Don't move too soon. One thing I know about saying yes to being available means you have to say no to other things. The very nature of being available is that you can't be everywhere and you can't do everything. So if you say yes to God now, weigh up the cost. You're going to have to say no to something else. To be available means you have to say a yes and a no. So I'm asking you a costly thing. But a beautiful thing. 